0: This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to The 20 Podcast. I am your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! That's right. As always, our show is brought to you by BeatSource, the music streaming service for DJs that play everything. Uh, We have got everything you could ever want. We got curated playlists by amazing curators. We've got songs no other uh, Record Pool has We've got intro, edits, we've got cappella Outs, you know Transitions, so much amazing stuff And it's all available through BeatSource Link, which you can do streaming You can get all this mu- uh, music You know, from the cloud And if you're scared of the cloud, we've got an offline Locker where you can save up to a thousand Tracks offline so you can have it ready to go It's pretty incredible, head over to BeatSource.com and start your free 30 day trial and uh, Use the code the twenty you want a 60 day free trial all right hop on there thank you guys for listening thank you beat sorcerers and uh please rate and review the podcast on all the platforms we are available everywhere you want to watch us on youtube you want to listen on apple spotify whatever we are out there and we thank you for supporting and listening um you guys today we got a special one we got a big one guys we got an epic one today's show we have got a world famous dj and producer on the show okay that has created a sound that is very much his own a really unique sound he has a new album coming out that has just been released um or it was coming out and now it's out as you're listening to this and he's kicking off this massive concert tour um that is absolutely insane it's called well you have to listen to hear what it's called but um his new single uh has a feature from idk uh, he's previously collaborated with many amazing people like Floster Damas, Dylan Francis, Gunna, ASAP, Ferg, Wiz Khalifa, Tory Lanez, so much more. He's got support from everyone in the business like Skrillex, Diplo, pretty much any DJ and producer you know uh, from the EDM world to the open format world. Uh, we're all supporting him because he makes dope music and he is a nice, cool dude. Um... What else? We get to peek inside of his brain. We get some really good insight into his thought process. He really gives us some gems, some things that you can take home with you and apply to your own life and be inspired by. Um, A lot of lessons are, are told on this podcast. So I love talking to him. I hope you guys love listening to the conversation. Please welcome to the show Nightmare. We are here, it's the 20 Podcast, and we have got on the show today, Nightmare, give it up, we got, oh my god, listen to that, oh, cheering, thank you, must sound like Red Rocks or something to you right there, (laughs) Uh, yo, well thanks for coming on the show, thanks for taking the time, I know you're busy, Uh, how you feeling today?
0: I feel actually great, yeah, I got back from Europe last week and, nice, kinda, just, I don't know, I've had some time to chill, I only had one show this weekend, which is, that's like it's, crazy it's, it's for good. you right yeah it was uh, i mean it, to only have to go to vegas and back friday oh my god it's like a quick in and yeah. out yeah
1: i know i've nice. seen on your social media like it looked like you traveled the entire globe <laughs> since like april or something <laughs> like I did just have, this six ridiculous
0: months amount. yeah i went to south america for a bit and um was in mexico for a bit and europe yeah two separate times went over and then came back for oh my god back again so crazy Yeah, so it's good to be back
1: Yeah, any like standout amazing moments from any of those trips?
0: Oh, man For shows So many (laughs) good things Um, But I... My family's from Hungary, actually. My dad was born in Budapest. Oh, interesting. And so there's this festival there called Siget, and it's, like, one of the biggest festivals in all of Europe. That's like, you know, Dua Lipa and Justin Bieber were headliners and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, wow. So I've always wanted to play it, and I was scheduled to play it in 2020. You know, we booked it in 2019, of and course. everything was pushed back until <laughs> yeah. now. So it was super cool to be able to go do that. I had some cousins, like, who were from Budapest, you know, come out to the show. That's so and, cool. Um, yeah, it was it was it was cool playing. I love playing in Europe. It's always a little different. I can like rip a little drum and bass and a couple of those sounds that don't work quite as well over here. So it was super fun doing that and um South America was amazing as always. It's just that's dope. Love going outside the US for sure.
1: Nice. Yeah, I love how you, you know, just from the outside looking in, you seem to enjoy these places like more than just going in and out like you weren't skydiving in switzerland yes. i saw and you were camping in Kauai and yep. like you know really enjoying it and bringing your mom and like making yeah. the most of it
0: yeah i uh i mean i i love traveling in general and yeah. i'm a huge foodie also and so um and yeah i think the hiking outdoors camping kind of thing has become sort of like the t- only time that I get silenced and quiet and like a right. little bit of a meditation type vibe. You don't and just so listen to nightmare beats like 24 <laughs> hours day, a day, just, just <laughs> ripping dubstep while I'm falling Melting asleep. your
1: entire face <laughs> off.
0: Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I, even here, you know, it's like if I, if I have a day off, I'd go out to Malibu and hike yeah. around and just try of and course. spend some time outside. And, um, so yeah, when I went to Hawaii, I've always wanted to go to Kauai is kind of, you know, I feel like I have these cool bucket list, bucket yeah. list destinations, and so if I'm within a, like an hour flight, yeah. Just like, oh, had right. you ever been before? No, I had never. I've been to Hawaii, but i would never been to Kauai. Yeah, Kauai's
1: like I I was going every year for like a long time. Oh. I'd bring my family, and we would go for like seven
0: days, then was, eleven days, then fourteen days. I'm like, we need to move here. It was the best so place ever. It was it was it kind of blew my mind, honestly. Yeah, how how good it was, and how chill it was, and everyone That's was so really cool. nice. And yeah, I had some local friends who. You know, it took us. we took the boat out around Napoli Coast and camped on the beach that, like, is only accessible by boat. And right. so it was, like, extremely, you know, disconnected yeah. from everything. And it was so cool. That's the best.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. So cool. And I saw... Um, On You know, within all these shows, you just did a show at the legendary Red Rocks and uh, made sort of a recap video mixed with a promo video um, for your new upcoming tour and album, Dreamverse. And um, that was sort of like a a time, uh, an opportunity for people to see a preview of what the actual concert tour is going to be like, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I think, you know, that one too... We just had kinda had that Red Rocks date open up yeah. earlier in January or something this year. Right. And I think it was even February. Um, and my agent called me, and was like, you know, I know this tour's not ready, but like we have this date and it's like right. if we get a Red Rocks date, like we should kinda do it because it's just such a legendary venue. Oh, and yeah. Like, you know, um so I was like, All right, let's just put together as much of the show as we possibly can, finish as much of the album as we possibly can and kind of, you know, debut a cool stage design or, you know, you know, put together as much as we can essentially yeah, yeah. of the Dreamverse show. So of course. it was still a portion of what it's gonna be, but the what I have planned for the fall tour and for all the fall dates is definitely a much more robust and yeah. it's a cooler show and a lot more um this is kind of the first time I'm like time coding anything. Oh, I've wow. never you know, I've always DJed and I've had maybe a little bit of time coded lyric videos or something like that mm-hmm. um that my VJ's launching, but um, yeah, this is one of the first times where we're like really going through each song and being like, we want a laser moment here, and we want this light moment here, and let's program this like this. And right. we have videos that we're syncing to all these different parts and cool little intermission breaks, and trying to make it more of a show rather than yeah. just like DJ set, you know? Right, right. That's experience. so
1: cool. And so, how does that work? Like, you time code out each song. Do, do you have like a pre? Done set, you work with the VJ and the lighting team and your whole team just to put together an all, like, kind of immersive
0: show, like, in all angles? Yeah, p- pretty much. I mean, I, I um, yeah, I have sort of a creative director partner who I've been working with on on just okay. writing the story of the album and sort of the backstory and all these different characters and kind of things. And then um, I'm working with this really talented dude named Shin, um, and he's kind of um, another just really talented creative 3d modeling visual director type He can create visuals and um he you know he's worked with porter a bunch on his shows and world or not worlds um what was the last porter album that he just did um i don't know the name sorry (laughs) anyway um did that show it was amazing i went and saw it once and um yeah yeah so we've been kind of putting together um a little more of like planning out the the really important moments of the show and kind of these like chapter like It's broken up into eight or nine different sections. Yeah. So we have sort of, like, these moments where things are time-coded and everything in between, and then I have, like, the spaces in between where I'll kind of, like, DJ it a bit more and might be switching up the songs a bit more, and the VJs will be freestyling a little more and the LDs. Right. But there is at least, like, eight or nine really big moments in the set where everything stops and there's kind of a cool video, like, sort of moment that yeah. happens and
1: right it's more of a concert experience right yeah totally and um and so it, your album comes out it's of uh, the same name right dreamverse yep. on september 9th september 9th yeah and um i know that you know it's all coming in conjunction and then for this tour you picked venues that were like your favorite venues and venues that you thought could really pull off this experience right that the, yeah. the thing that you envisioned
0: yeah i think you know this one too i sat with my agent and you know he actually mapped out probably 20 or 30 dates or something like that and um you know i just the show in order to to in order to keep like the presentation of this Dreamverse show yeah as amazing as i wanted it to be right i was like most of these places i just can't af- like afford to do it it would just For me to do the show, to bring eight different crew members, you know, a sound guy, a VJ, a laser guy, you know, a fire marshal for the flames, and, like, you just got to... Bring in a whole lot of crew Custom stage Like lasers All those different things You know It's it's it, very expensive Right <laughs> Basically So sure. The only places that and I you're was you're paying like, for everything Yeah exactly I mean if it's a hard ticket show It's like If you sell that many tickets You know Right And whatever But yeah it is Basically I don't think a lot of DJs Especially people that listen to this show Like realize, realize that yeah, You know 100%. What's going into it They think Oh
1: that would be dope To be up there in that stage Oh there's yeah. fire going off But like you're oh. planning all of this oh, And 100%. paying for it
0: And working with everyone on it and yeah. And for these big shows too, like, you know, Bill Graham, for instance, it's like it's an eight thousand capacity room. Right. Maybe like the fee is like fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. But like, yeah, you need to spend almost that much just to if you want to make the show like truly incredible and like you know, right. the visuals that amazing and have the LED wall that's extra giant and the lasers and the yeah. extra flames and all those things. And it's like you could go in there with no LED wall and just a lighting package and you know, play a show and make a bunch of money. Right, but really it's like, more of a in the long term yeah, thing, and also as an
1: artist and someone that wants to just do something dope. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I think you know you put that's in that's what these moments are for. Yeah. Yes. Exactly.
0: So I'm like, I want to do them as big as possible and in environments when like it's worth it because yeah. there's that many people there and I can spend all this money and it's like I actually you know get yeah to, get to do the show that I, the way that I want it
1: right. To be, you know, that's so cool. It's cool to hear sort of the the like hybrid. DJ show slash concert and the way that you're able to put it together with like those anchor points that are like, okay, this is happening yeah and then you can switch it up city to city or however you feel and the VJ can at those parts. But um, yeah, I
0: think we have a general vibe picked out. I mean, it's similar to how I run a lot of my sets. You know, I kind of start off really high energy and heavier kind of dubstep trap stuff in the beginning. And then it slows down a little halfway through and, you know, depending on how long the set is, I guess. Right. But, um, so, yeah, we have sort of these different like vibes almost like mapped out and then I'll switch it up a little in between. But. Right. And that's kind of like the album. Yeah, exactly. Is the different vibes. You yeah. Know,
1: I, I actually listened to the whole thing. Nice. And yeah. um, I mean, it was, it's insane, you know, it's, and it's like my thought about it was like it had many different styles and many different vibes, but a cohesive sound. Yeah, I mean that was the goal, you know.
0: I was trying <laughs> because to Because even
1: some songs don't even have the full drop or whatever you would call, you yeah, know, like exactly. and the single even uh it's really dope, and but I feel
0: like that doesn't have like a big drop on it, right? Totally. Yeah, I mean I think um with Trials, the, the I, mean? Yeah, yeah Trials, sorry, one. the the latest single. Yeah, totally. IDK's, I mean he killed it on that. Oh, super dope. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've done that with a few kind of um hip with a lot of the hip-hop collaborations I do, I just like to um, have like just the hip hop version that right. comes out first, and it's still hype, but it's not like I think a lot of hip hop people and fans of IDK and like I did a collab with Gunna and Tory Lanes and you know ASAP yeah. Ferg and all these types of people and. I think sometimes if you throw that huge bang and drop in there, it just alienates a little. There's people who just don't want to listen to it because of right. that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you can always make the VIP version. Exactly, or, and so I've, I've the two versions. Yeah, the
1: I'm ASAP Ferg like, track you did. Like, yeah. I have the one that I could play, and then there's the crazy VIP one. Yeah, if you exactly.
0: Drop. And the VIP one is the one that I play in my right. shows. You know I'm what sure. I mean? But. First, like, you know, I want people to be able to enjoy just the hip-hop song and play that on radios without, like, you know, being, like, a crazy (laughs) banger that's terrifying for people. Um, So, yeah, for this one, too, I've been working with Space Laces on doing the VIP for that one. Oh, nice. Um, And he's, like, the coolest, most talented, influential dude ever. He's one of my favorite producers in the game. So I'm super stoked for that. That will be coming out after the album is out. Nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, your music— lends itself i feel like to all different kinds of djs and people and even the radio it's not just like oh that's that trap dubstep kind of stuff we don't mess with that you know like i feel like your stuff can a lot of djs in the open format world and i don't know beat source and stuff like that can um play your music in maybe not a festival environment you know and it goes off in vegas and all the big cities in the right way and especially if you mix it in the right way
0: yeah i feel like i mean i've I've just always loved making all different types of music as well, so I feel yeah. like I really made a point, even with my first ever Nightmare EP before Street and all that stuff, um, you know, I, I was like one kind of house song and one kind of melodic banger and one yeah. heavier banger and tried to just diversify all the sounds so that I wasn't going to get, like, pigeonholed too much. And right. Being like, yeah, because I feel like I definitely see a lot of people in the industry too who, you know... I mean, there's good sides and bad sides to both. It's like you can right. brand yourself really well, which is really important in having that sound so everybody knows and it's very recognizable. Like, yeah, people like Sudden Death has done that extremely well. He's like, he knows right. exactly what his sound is, brand and everything. But then it's like, I don't know, sometimes you run into like, if you want to release something else, that's not this exact, you know, style that you're you've always done, like... Yeah, the true fans will appreciate whatever it is you're making because right. they just want you to enjoy yourself as an artist. But yeah. there's plenty of internet haters who are just like, yeah, I like the old this. Or of like, course. Or I wish it was more dubstep or you know, yeah. whatever. So yeah, I always try to, for me at least personally, like, you know, I subscribe to the, the notion that you can never please everybody very, very much. So I always just never. try to. Focus on what I like and and put that out.
1: Yeah. Well, you can hear it in the album. I love that you have a drum and bass track on there. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love that, too. I've always wanted to do that, too. That's another thing where I've been like, you know, sometimes I try to use the collaborations as, like, my chance to kind of, like, be a little bit more outside of the box. Yeah. Because it just, you know, lends itself to that. But, um, yeah, I've always wanted to do a drum and bass song and just especially, like, kind of a happy... Uplifting drum and bass song and, uh, Yeah,
1: it's not like the new style Where it's just like a drum beat And yeah, then like an elephant sound yeah, or something for like two bars
0: <laughs> Yeah No, it's definitely more melodic And I always try to keep melodic elements to my stuff and, uh, Right Yeah, I just You know, that song's at the last song of the album It's kind of this like Return home Like We did it Happy, uplifting Right, like, yeah up, We made like, it Fast yeah. deep, Having fun And then it goes into that epic outro The yeah. intro and outro are like <laughs> crazy yeah those ones are cool too i had super fun writing um, writing all this stuff and yeah just being in the studio again during covid where i was like i'm not like urgently in the studio to finish right. something i'm just like yeah what should i write today maybe i'll write a yeah thing. just yeah. back to the thing of making music for fun yeah and exactly. just like versus yeah having it be like a job or like trying yeah. to finish something on time or like yeah just having deadlines and stuff do you have, like,
1: some sort of universal through line or musical thing that connects all of your music, like, to make it cohesive? Like you said, keeping that melodic element maybe? Or I think
0: – I mean, it is that. I always try to um, – I think it's usually, like, a very melodic – type of thing
1: yeah me. i just um you're able to somehow do melodic mixed with the most epic
0: like heavy stuff too yeah heavy
1: <laughs> and, and like, also just this sus you
0: know how to build that suspense yeah. in with these like almost cinematic sounds yeah like. i think that's part of it too um cinematic and yeah i mean i think having a good build up like you said and building the right amount yeah. like energy can be as important as having a cool drop or whatever, right you know it's like um Especially with the live shows, you know, it's like you get a really crazy build up. People are just like, just gets (laughs) everyone attention as much as a crazy drop. Yeah. And then Um, people end up making bootlegs and changing the drops and stuff anyway. (laughs) All the DJs. so I know. Yeah. If I get a really great build up, I usually milk it for a while. Yeah. You
1: can use it so (laughs) many different ways. You know, I'm bringing back ones from like 10 years ago now that I'm like,
0: oh, oh, those were good. You know, a hundred percent. It was like um what was it There was one some gta song from like 2014 that i just put back in my set yeah like, it just rips so hard
1: yeah i just dj this party <laughs> called feel so close that yeah. just started here it was at avalon last friday nice and it's golden era edm yeah. <laughs> which i think is you know you know, can interpret it however yeah. you want but it was like 10 years ago stuff, you know, eight years ago, 12 years ago, kind of sound and like Avicii and Calvin Harris and the beginnings of all that. And to go back through all that stuff. And it was like going through my Vegas sets from 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. Oh, this was good. And you can kind of pick out the cream of the crop stuff. You know, you're like, oh, the bingo players, you know, and then I was playing all this other 80% kind of filler crap, you know, within it, get rid (laughs) of that and just find the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then now... Kind of bring them back because a lot of the people coming to shows were probably like 10 years old. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. 100%. They've never even heard that music
0: loud and the yeah. bass like through their whole body. So I feel like that stuff for me too. like in Vegas, I still play every time. Like there's yeah. random like still work, random tremor. Like, and all yeah, that. exactly. Like the OG tremor, like OG yeah. like, show tech tunes. Oh, show tech like, still. Yeah. You know, I did. are I, still the craziest songs in my set, which is like amazing sometimes i'm like <laughs> like i'm like can't wait i'm so hyped to play this new crazy oh band. my god yeah i'm like can't like you be into both such an average yeah. response. and then like <laughs> tremor comes on for the nine billionth time and everyone's like yeah it's like the first time they've ever heard yeah,
1: it. it's right. like nah, 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 nah. i know you know when they're singing the synth line yeah it's exactly. like a big song it's like the calling or some of those yeah, where they sing the it's just the synth line with no words you're yeah. like okay it's like struck a chord yeah. um so uh you talked about like collaborating with people how important is that uh within you know making music and djing i know that seems like it's been a big part of your career since the beginning yeah. even with slander and totally. people you've collaborated on with podcasts and record labels and in every different way yeah
0: i mean it yeah it's it's most of what i do is collaboration right. honestly songs wise and i mean yeah labels everything um but I think it's been really important for me, you know, I think even with, like, how I came up into making a name for myself, like, you know, I was releasing music for, as a nightmare, I guess, for a couple years, just like, you know, I'd been making music for long before that, but, yeah. um, you know, was just kind of putting out remixes and songs and waiting for something to pop off, and then when Street hit, and, like, you know, Skrillex was playing it, and all these big DJs started playing it, um, And, you know, I started being able to, like, get into the, you know, the DMs or the messages or emails of all these people that I've, like, wanted to work with for so long. Um, That was kind of being able to, like, send songs and collaborate with bigger artists, I feel like is really what sent me into, like, you know, from bedroom DJ to, like, touring all the time. Because as soon as Street came out, I put out, like, the Dum dee remix for Keys and Crates, which was really big. Oh, my God. I I play that still... All the time, <laughs> yeah. like
1: almost every set. Yeah. I have like different mixes I do with it that yeah. it works with. It depends what the crowd is, but yeah. so. But it was this,
0: at the time it was like, yeah, it was, it was really big for me. And then I did the, the, a collab with Flosher Damas, who was killing it at the time. I yeah, did the collab with Dylan Francis, who was killing it at the time. Yeah. And I think just getting like, you know, reaching out to those guys and being like, here's some ideas or are like, you know, halfway done or mostly done or just like, you know, yeah I'll, do as much work as, we, you know, I need to get this song out together and, right. you know, driving over their houses or whatever and just plugging away and yeah, um, getting those collaborations done and then getting, you know, putting them out, having my names next to their, na- you know, their fans checking, you know, just like sharing all. Of the, yeah, of course. And you guys are all like minded and kind of,
1: I don't know, cut from the same cloth in the sense that I feel like all of the people you named love music do it for the right reasons but also understand the business side of things yeah, but, but still approach it from the love of music yeah. you know side yeah
0: 100% i mean i've definitely met but like each end of the spectrum yeah. of people who just are pure just artists like, pure artists that don't care at all yeah. and then the oh we're doing it's all it's business. Like business and you're yeah. like well, do you even like music yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen both sides but um yeah i mean i love collaborating i every time i do it Especially if I'm working with someone who's in Ableton or something like that, it's like I walk away with three new plugins I want to download and a bunch of new little tips that I like not know and some little yeah. effect rack that they like gave me. And there's always something that I get out of it that's useful for like me as like an engineer, you know? What right? I mean? So yeah, I do love it for that purpose.
1: And so as a producer, um, you've kind of become a DJ as a way to pr- to present your music yeah, right yeah, you weren't right, like yeah. a dj before you were producing
0: no not really i mean i i did like three parties in college or something like total right out of like all my years and so, right
1: um but it was more about learning the equipment to go do that show in vegas or do those things yeah. like so who got you into djing or showed you that side of things
0: um, it was pretty much Derek from Slander. Um, okay. Because when we first both got to Icon Collective, which is the music production school. Yeah, uh, I wanted
1: to ask you about that for sure. Yeah,
0: so we, you know, e- even the first day, we like immediately could tell that we had really similar song interests and music interests, and stuff like that. Yeah. We hit it off, became really good friends. That's cool. And then, you know, I was sort of the most advanced person in the class. We probably only had about 20 people. Mm-hmm. And, um, And yeah, I was the only one who had kind of, you know, I'd been teaching myself and I never really had formal music production, you know, training or anything, but I had spent the last six years like learning it, you know what I mean? And so I had a pretty good idea. I was kind of ahead of most people. And so, yeah, I kind of ended up helping Derek with a bunch of production stuff and kind of, you know, just working with him whenever he was working on projects and helping him with stuff. And then he helped me, you know, when I had my first DJ sets, like, okay, let's Pick all the songs you want. I'll help you organize them so it right. makes sense. And, like, we'll figure out the flow of the set. And, like, here's, you know, the best way to set up your cue points and all those things like Yeah, that. so I definitely owe him a lot for helping me, like, really get my feet and making sure that when I was, like, doing my first shows and it was just not a complete train wreck. Cause right. Because I feel like it would happen if I – if I didn't have them there. Yeah, it's dangerous. I mean, are were you used
1: on USB sticks and um record box like from the beginning?
0: Um yeah. I think I first I got like a tractor S two or something when I okay. was first learning in college, yeah. just so I could learn a little bit of mixing and stuff right. like that. And um yeah, I was like making electro house and DJing like, you know, yeah what was banging at the time. Right. Something called Complex Tro. Hell yes Of course <laughs> um, Wolfgang Gardner or Yeah something. exactly Like Lazy Rich <laughs> songs Just ripping it Right Um. So um. Yeah I think uh, I, I got the S2 Just to like Kind of learn And then Eventually once I got here I was like Alright Industry standard Is like using CDJs So I just right. I had to You know I learned I think Had my agent book A couple random like Nights when there was like An event at Sound Nightclub And he right. just Book like six to seven PM before doors. He, they would let me go in and like practice on the CDJ, oh, wow. so I could like learn. Did that at like three or four times, and and then yeah, I mean, my first shows, you know, were all not very large shows, so had a few shows that I could maybe not have the best best <laughs> DJ performance and right. slowly get used to it as as time went on. Yeah, and now you DJ. Um, I mean,
1: I know you do so many different types of shows, and some are more concert based, and some are festivals. But I you've had your Vegas residency for yeah. I feel like a long time now, right? Yeah, it's been
0: um at least like five or years, seven five years. Five or six years. Yeah, yeah, I did twenty I think twenty sixteen, I did like kind of a residency with Encore and Win, and I right. did like eight shows or something for the year. It wasn't a ton. And then I had switched over um to the Hawkson group, which yeah. is hawkson Omnia. Now Hawkson is owned by Tao. Tao group. So now they own now it's a million things, to yeah, the city, yeah. Like they got Chicago clubs and New York clubs and um, Vegas clubs. And, right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's honestly great. Everyone at Tao that I work with is so nice. And, like, the hospitality people are great. The best. Yeah, I agree. It's really, really awesome. Good people over
1: there. That's so cool. And so from, like, a DJ perspective, like, what have you learned from DJing in Vegas? You know, because I know it's different yeah. than doing those shows.
0: It is super different. I mean, it, you know, um, it's, you know, the hard ticket versus soft ticket thing. It's, like, a hard ticket show. It's just a venue where people are coming to your show because it's your show. They brought right. a nightmare ticket. And, yeah. like, Vegas, it's, like, you know, 75% of the people every time is, like, the people out <laughs> On Chinese New Year, I have a table next to the guys who are there for the concrete convention next to yeah. a bachelorette party. And then it's like, I love oh, the concrete the convention, guys. <laughs> I've <laughs> been there literally in <laughs> Vegas. And they're like, Yeah, the concrete convention's in town this weekend. It was like, We're going
1: like, to need you to shout out uh, Bob's Concrete. Dads. He's the <laughs> biggest <laughs> spender
0: of the night. So, uh, <laughs> literally, uh, <laughs> he's got yeah, the instant concrete market unlocked. No, like, all the dad rock anthems came out that <laughs> night. You know what I mean? I was dropping sweet child of mine edits and like random. And things like nice. that, but, but yeah, it's made me a way better DJ just because, um, you know, the one thing that ties everyone together, obviously, is everyone's there to rage and party, yeah, <laughs> just like no matter Even who you Bob's are, Bob's
1: Concrete, Chinese New Year, <laughs> yeah. or the Vegas Local, up, or the sure. Nightmare yeah. Fan, yeah, exactly. There's it's totally, that Venn diagram, they're there's all always meeting. the
0: fans up front, too, who are like super Nightmare fans, they know every song, and they're right? Just like ripping it, and then yeah, but you got to be able to kind of please everybody in that situation, so yeah. Well, yeah. it seems like
1: you've it's gotten the hang of it and and do a good job. If they keep bringing you back, because I've seen a lot of kind of big DJs come and go in yeah. Vegas and haven't kept the long running residency like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's a definitely a specific style of set. Like you know, it's different than any of my festival sets or anything right. like that. I'm playing a lot more. I play for two hours, and you know, which I usually which is don't longer do, you know, than yeah. usual, right? And so I'm playing a lot of like you know more house tunes than I would usually, more hip yeah. hop tunes, more like you know a couple like. Any guilty pleasure pop song that is something that people would know, if I can find a cool remix of it from someone who's, like, you know. Of course. Just a cool remix, then I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, just it, it's a party. It's, like, more of a house party. You kind of got to, like, go in there, and I play my first three or four songs that are usually pretty hot and heavy, and I can tell pretty quickly whether it's, like, people are going to be way into that. You know, maybe it's a college spring break weekend and right, right. Going hard. I can play crazy bangers the whole yeah, time. Yeah. It's EDC or, weekend or, or something. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people just, you know, I don't know. It's harder to get their attention or house works better or like throwbacks work better or something. So yeah, um, I think it's been nice having that because it gets, yeah, it's made me much better at DJing. And I feel like some people are a little too like, I don't know what it is, but just don't want to like, oh, I'm not going to play that type of music or don't want to do the open format thing. Cause I think it's, When they they go to Vegas, like, yeah, like certain artists, if they can't play exactly what they want, like all the time, then they just don't want to do it, which is cool too. It's like a totally another thing, but um, yeah, yeah, I've kind of really kind of fallen in love with like the, you know, the actual DJing part of it and being a little bit more of an open format, but still like having bangers and like kind of weird stuff and like something maybe that people aren't expecting. Right. How do you like prepare for your set there? Um at this point I just have a big massive running playlist and so I have right. probably three four hundred songs Um on my USBs and a record box playlist and you know the first 30 of them are like pretty like generally planned out first 30 minutes or so like I have These five or six that I know work every single time and then yeah. um, you know everything's organized by key and BPM essentially, you know, and I just have a big playlist of the first big section, which, you know, I probably have 75 tunes is like 150 BPM kind of, um, you know, dubstepy trap type stuff mixed with hip hop, things like that. And then I have another huge section that's, you know, another hundred songs of just different house music stuff, 128 BPM halftime, 130 stuff. And, um, and then I have a little section that's like my, you know, one seventy four, eighty seven, or whatever you know the drum and bass kind of section yeah and it's got some hip-hop tunes in there too like my song feeling good which is one of my bigger ones is in there right and um so yeah I just kind of organize it into sections and occasionally you know I usually start with the heavy stuff and then play some house music and then you know for the last 45 I'll just be like okay I'll go back to the house music they like that or go back to the bangers they like that or right. I'll play you know switch it up to some like 90s throwback like hip-hop tunes or something yeah. for a little bit and just plays some old little john records or whatever you know um more house party stuff depending on the vibe but um yeah yeah do you drink or beer. anything like honestly dj or it's ever the only time that i do drink at It's shows. in vegas it's when in they're vegas. just like here you go yeah it's like <laughs> massive bottle of like Classe azul or some yeah, really nice tequila like, let's just do this and like every like you know, yeah, everyone, that's like I said, that's I the know. thing that is the one common thing <laughs> of everyone there is everyone's being hammered and partying. Right. So I end up like never drinking when I'm at home or like, I mean, I'll have a glass I of know. wine or something, Same. but I'm just around it so much that I don't even like want alcohol ever. <laughs> but I then feel when like I get to Vegas, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a couple of nice, tasty cocktails for the show. Yeah.
1: And then that loosens you up to play the guilty pleasure song at two 30 in the morning (laughs) exactly, (laughs) and sing along with everyone with pure joy running through you. Um, Oh, that's dope. And so you mentioned, um, icon collective, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, this legendary, uh, music production school in LA that a lot of successful people have come out of. And, um, so Even the the teachers are incredible. I know you worked with B-Sides a yeah. lot, who I worked with, too. Like, he helped me produce different songs, and I'm, he was kind of my teacher for a while, yeah. like, privately. And I remember he would—this was a long time ago, too, and he would talk about you.
0: Yeah, I remember him talking about you, too, 100%.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. He would play me your stuff. I'm like, this person's <laughs> the, insane, like, so talented. <laughs> like, so your stuff was just mind-blowing, you know? Yeah. and And <laughs> he true. would try to show me, like, how you were doing it, but it was, like— far beyond you know he's like you take the ping pong delay and you're putting it on i mean honestly
0: a bunch of stuff he showed me like you know what i mean he was a Great mentor, and same thing. Yeah, he's amazing. You know, he does a million sessions with a bunch of producers too all day. And he'd be like, Oh, look at this one thing I just discovered. And you know, Yeah every cool like plug in pack, like every cool like sample pack that I got was always through B-sides. Was just like, I would go if I ever needed a re-up on just like cool stuff or like refresher of like, Yeah, I need some fresh like patches or like sound design tips or something. B-sides, the legend. Shout out to (laughs) B-sides. Besides the legend, baby. Now he's got two kids. I just went over there to his place. Really long ago. Yeah, crazy.
1: Hang with the little ones. Amazing. I remember when. Yeah, he was just about to get married. (laughs) So that's so cool to see that. And he's like compo. He does so much now, right? He's composing for TV. TV And still mentoring people and producing and, yeah, he's super talented and he just loves it. You know, he loves it so much that like like you said, he's so deep into it. Yeah. That's dope. And so. Like, going to that school, um, what what things did you take away from that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Either, you know, technical things or just big, more macro stuff that yeah. you just, like, psychological.
0: Kind of a little bit of all of that stuff, honestly, because um, I think, like, you know, a lot of the curriculum of, like, Ableton and Logic and learning those things maybe wasn't, like, so groundbreaking or mind blowing but right and you knew some of the stuff yeah but like yeah exactly it was a lot of like for me it was a lot of like polishing and mixing and mastering type things and just like understanding a little bit more about yeah just eqing things better and like right understanding just actually grasping it i feel like you know before that whole time i was like oh yeah compressor like (laughs) i kind of get that right but like I don't think I understand the actual mechanics of, like, what it was doing. And so yeah. understanding those types of things and just getting to the point where my music was, like, okay sounding to where I could play it next to, like, a Skrillex song. And, it, you know, yeah. the loudness is similar and the drums sound the same. And, yeah. like getting good at referencing songs and things like that. And I feel like technically it was super helpful to have all that and, and just being in a class with a bunch of people who also are doing the same thing. And so you're always, like, just a lot of resources for... Finding new plugins or finding new sounds or finding just anything you needed. It's like, you know, yeah. who's someone who's good at tracking drums? And there's someone in the class who knows how to do it really well. Right. You can just ask and you get the right answer. And it's like having that is was really invaluable. And then, right. um, you know, and then we had a couple other classes like the Art of Flow, which was like a whole class just about kind of like the creative process as a whole. Right, And, you know, what you do when you have a writer's block and like what to do, like, you know, just thinking processes of like actively not comparing yourself to other artists because that's something that I think everyone gets caught up with. Even if you're not an artist, you know, you're a business or you're creative or you're a painter or writer or whatever. It's really easy to always look at somebody else and what they're doing and be like, man, why am I not doing that good? Or why isn't my shit popping off as much as them? Or like, you know, why didn't my thing get as much attention? I feel like it's better and it's like, it's just, yeah, there's always something, you know, you never know that person's story, how long they've been doing yeah. it. Yeah, Like, it's, you can never really compare yourself to someone because everything is different. Everybody has their own journey and their own experience. And so right. I think that was something really valuable that I learned. Yeah, is, uh, very valuable. Just trying not to get caught up in that because it's really easy to do. And, you know, as I've grown too, like, you know, even now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, well, I if- i did this one song i would have been even bigger now and i'm already you know at the point where at that time i would have been like holy shit i can't believe i'm you know a headliner for a festival or something exactly so it never goes away you're always like trying (laughs) to just compare yourself and so i think that was one thing that really helped me and the whole concept of this album too was um you know kind of this hero story and like the whole joseph campbell like um um like the monomyth. I don't know if you're familiar with like one of the books we read, "Power of Now," um, and I think it's "Power of Now," right? Is that Joseph Campbell? I'm like, confusing my books now, but um, Joseph Campbell was this dude, and he studied, you know, spent his whole life studying all these religions, comparative yeah. religions, figure out what was the thing that tied all of them together because everybody, right. you know, all different parts of the world, they kind of all have a religion, but there must be something, and it ended up being this like hero tale, hero hero story, and it's kind of this. This story that's super relatable to everything, if you really like kind of look at it in a broad spectrum, and it's you know every Lord of the Rings movie and Pixar movie, and like all right. these things kind of follow this same like there's a hero and he's in his natural environment and he's kind of like uncomfortable or like has this lofty goal that he can't you know scared to do, yeah, and then he has this moment where he crosses the threshold and like goes out into the unknown and it like is kind of like in this uncomfortable world and experiencing all these things that you know he's never experienced and you have this series of trials and tribulations and battling. And you have a mentor who you meet along the way to help you get through. And then at the end, you, like, face your big fear and conquer it. And then you return home a better person. And so it's like this loop. Yeah. And then once you get, you know, and it's, it's – And so I really identified with it, too, because I was like, oh, man, you know, I moved out from North Carolina to here and didn't really know anybody. I'm, like, kind of fighting to do this music thing and, you know – attempting to achieve this like bliss or this end goal or whatever right um and so that's kind of how I wrote the music for the album too I like wrote you know the first song is the intro the first song is like the song after the intro is called threshold and then there's kind of a love story and then there's like the trials part and the temptations and then there's like the fear and love the big decision at the end are those two songs and yeah another dose is like kind of the return home of like I would do it all again like I think so. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it kind of puts
1: it in perspective for me after, because I read through the song titles and I didn't totally understand all that. Yeah,
0: so it's kind of, that's that's where it's like from, is like this hero story. And so I kind of wrote the music in this hero story format and then um, got with like my creative buddy who's like way into cool sci-fi things and, you know, movies and Films, all this kind of stuff, and try to, you know, put characters in place and settings in place. And yeah. So everything kind of exists in the Dreamverse, and, like, there's a sci-fi story that goes along with it. But it is also this kind of, like, linear hero story of, like, everything that's going oh, on. Oh, that's incredible. So cool. Wow. came together through Icon, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Well, I know you got to get out of here soon.
0: Oh, you're good. I'm yeah. How much time do you Still got a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the look up Joseph Campbell? I think it's called uh, Power of Now is another one that we yeah, read in uh, right at, at Icon. But I was just trying to think of uh, Joseph Campbell. Why can't I think of it? It's it the the whole Joseph Campbell book is basically just a uh, an interview that he did. He- oh yeah it's just called the hero's journey the hero's journey okay. Uh, okay cool oh the power of myth that's the other one that i was thinking of it's too many powers going so on a lot of <laughs> a lot of things going on but yeah it's just the hero's journey is got as it the joseph campbell one. Okay. Power of now we also read there um
1: well more books for people
0: to read and get inspired by really good also even yeah. just the book. sometimes i'll throw it on and re-listen Derek was another one who was like you gotta listen and I was like, it's it's just really helpful, especially with a little bit of that, like nice. comparing yourself to other people and just getting that ego. right? Like, Oh, that's I one of
1: the hardest things brain. of our whole industry. You know, yeah. it's just staying original, not comparing yourself to other people, yeah. doing your own thing, staying the course of what your vision is yeah. and not letting it get distorted
0: by everything else around you. Yeah, it's not easy. But yeah, hero's journey. Okay. And if you, even if you just Google hero's journey, there's... You'll see, you know, click images and you'll see all the different steps of the journey and Oh like, yeah. That's kinda where I took like inspiration for each song.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. cool. Amazing. Well right. um yeah, I know you gotta get out of here. Um, is there any uh, other things, you know, that we wanna touch
0: on? Are you doing anything outside of music or Oh man, uh, there's just too many busy. things. I feel like during COVID days I was like, Man, I got all this time, what do I do? And so I like right. started like Doing some like house flips with my brother, like construction projects, and oh wow, um, there's nice. like TV project. Like I started a TV show years ago, three four years ago, with my brother and my part, one of my visual partners, James Winteralter, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we're like that. We we spent years making this idea for the show and pitching it, and we finally sold it, and it's just finished filming it, and so. In a couple wow. months, I get to announce, like, I'm executive producing a TV show. And so like, cool. It's a million things that I've been doing. But um, that's yeah, I'm incredible. for this to all be coming together. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you, man. That's amazing.
1: I and, know. yo, just a personal, selfish kind of question. I heard you on another podcast talking <laughs> about that you – It was a long time ago. I think it was like Willie Joy's podcast, but that you played club soccer your whole life. Yes, definitely. And I have never been a uh, good athlete my whole (laughs) life, but my son somehow is this incredible athlete and is in club soccer. We just spent the summer in Europe for him to compete in. He's nine, but we were in Spain and he's playing. going to Europe at nine. It was nuts. We were playing against kids that are signed to, like, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid, and he's playing against French Jeez. teams, and, and yeah, they so won cool. the whole tournament. It oh was, it was crazy. Um That's insane. But, yeah, anything I should, like, <laughs> know about that? Oh, God. I wish I had any good advice to give you. Oh,
0: my God. I played so much in middle school and, like, high school, I played middle school and high school team. And then was on a travel team. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, just like,
1: it's like I'm, like, learning all eight. of this. I'm, like, I don't even, you know, I'm so different from all the parents. Like, every parent <laughs> is, like, a lawyer, you know, and I'm, like – I'm a DJ Like they're like Wait you go to Vegas And DJ I'm like yeah I haven't slept yet And I'm at the game With you guys They're like We woke, that's You so know funny. Yeah It's like I'm definitely The odd person
0: Out nice. of the uh, yeah. <laughs> world Well that's awesome I mean if he's Yeah really Good at that age I would stick It's
1: crazy it, You know I feel out. like Who knows What he'll end up doing But hearing you talk About that I'm like I need I need some I insight
0: it. I mean it at least Kept me in good shape That's for damn sure Right
1: so, Yeah Oh like, he's already else, Makes fun of My body And everything <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: like You gotta
1: stop stomach i'm like yo i'm not that bad like trust me you know he's like you need a six pack i'm like yo i'm old Damn, come on i'm a dj drinking in vegas nine years old you need a six pack right i'm like yo six i'm trying to just I get a one pack old. here I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen i think i passed the point guys <laughs> um yeah all right cool well do you have any uh last words for uh maybe some people out there oh, that want to be in your position or that are aspiring to do some of the stuff you're doing or just any anything and for anyone
0: out there. I feel like my advice at this point is always, like, kind of similar to what we've been talking about. But yeah. Um, there was actually, like, a really, really good video that I um, I've posted a couple times. And it's uh, it's from a, another radio show, Ira Glass. I think it was. I don't remember exactly what. But um, just talking about basically all creative people. And it's, like. Basically explaining that, you know, the reason that you chose to do something creative is because you know that your taste is good enough to where, like, if you succeed in it, then, um, you know, and you can and you can express that your, your taste, essentially, then it will, you know, people will react to it. And, you yeah, know, you think it's going to do well, obviously, that's why you're getting into things. And there's this like period of time when you start doing it from when t- you actually see success that you're just, like, hustling and doing it and um, and creating stuff that's, like, not good enough yet because your taste is good enough to know that it's not quite where it needs to be. Right. And so it's really tough and frustrating, and everybody goes through that period of time, and it could be one year or five years or ten years, but, like, if you're in that period of time, it's just, like, you, that's when most people give up, you know? Yeah. And it's really, you have to, like kind of appreciate that you're in that period of time and not give up and then you know push through those moments where you're like you know just feeling like what you're making is maybe not as good as it you know should be or you want it to be and that it just it takes years of practice and actually just doing it a bunch of times before yeah. you're really like okay this sounds how I want it to sound and like even now it's still today I'm like uh, I'm like it's not you know it could always be better in a right. way right um, and so yeah I don't know just think that's huge that's so valuable and and I think that's
1: kind of an interesting concept and funny in a way because you have good enough taste to realize that your stuff is not good enough yeah but yeah. you also have to get past that thing of thinking your stuff's not good enough and never putting it out yeah so you exactly. have to sort of like get rid of the just feeling just of work through worrying about what people are going to think yeah but also keep pushing and try to stay in the present and enjoy the journey and yeah. enjoy what you're going through. Yeah. Cause you're always going to look back and go, Oh, that wasn't like, if you look yeah. back at your old stuff, you're probably thinking, Oh, nah, I can do so much better exactly, now. Yeah. And you're in the year 2022 right now yeah. in August. And you're going to in three years, look back too and like, go, Oh, oh no, now I I'm going to do this. this yeah. So that is interesting. Yeah. And that gotta, does, it's the people that don't have the self-awareness and the, good enough taste that just think they're doing great things and you're like maybe you need it you (laughs) you
0: (laughs) You need to look in the mirror or listen to your friends not
1: just your mom telling you that she likes it yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i think just yeah working through a volume of shit is the best way to just get to that point as fast as possible you know it's like the more projects you do the more songs you write and the more nights you spend in the studio the faster you're gonna get to like right where you want to be you know that's that's so cool. Oh my god, that's amazing. Okay, one other yeah. thing
1: before we go yeah. and then let you out of here. But the um I, I was telling you earlier I do stuff with Travis Barker mm-hmm. and I got to go on tour with Blink182, and yeah. I heard you say, like, you played drums growing up yeah. and he's someone you looked up to. Have you ever met him or worked with him or anything? I've
0: never met him. I would love to meet him or work with him. Oh my um, god, you guys would t- make I would, some insane I mean, thing together. I could not I could not Possibly tell you how many times I played Adam's song on drums. Like, oh my LinkedIn god, you do. Like, when I first got my drum set, I spent like probably literally thousands of times just like playing that intro. And that's yeah, amazing. Music oh, you guys got to do some kind of dude, something. I,
1: I was Show telling you, like, when right <laughs> even when Street came out, I was playing it for him and he was playing, you know, we would <laughs> yeah. practice and he'd be doing it. So, I mean, I'm I think you guys done. are made love, for love to. <laughs> I
0: would love to do. We'll figure out some sort of, I don't know, any, yeah, something.
1: I mean, he seems to be working 24 hours a day. Yeah, I don't know. He's doing so many albums and things (laughs) and shows. And like I was telling you earlier, I'm doing this uh, fashion show thing with him in a couple weeks. And I'm trying to put together a three-minute set, (laughs) 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 which might be Guinness Book of World Records' shortest uh, DJ set. But we're flying to New York for me to
0: DJ for three minutes. If if you guys got projects, you need some engineering production oh I my god come in
1: that would be amazing that'd be amazing yeah
0: one day we got to make that happen i'm ready
1: yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show oh, thanks for taking the time i know you're running around and uh, you're probably heading I'm off good. to some other country or something but
0: doing pr today big <laughs> pr nice classy photo shoot after this
1: oh okay okay so That's going to be good, I'm sure. Get your modeling look on. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for coming. Good to catch up with you and see you you, again, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. All right,
1: peace. All right, that was a fun podcast to do. Thank you, Nightmare, for coming on the show. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. I know I did. Really cool getting to uh, get to know him better. And uh, so excited to see uh, people's reaction to his tour and his album and everything he's going to do. I feel like he's constantly leveling up. so thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys for listening, the Beat Sorcerers. We are available on every pod, uh, every platform. You want to watch us on YouTube? You want to listen on Spotify, Apple, all anywhere you get your your podcast? You can tune in. So thank you guys for listening. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace.
0: was the 20 with DJ Spider